Hey, what's up, everyone? Here we go with another episode of the Dynasty Optimus. This is Brad, and I'm here with my buddy Andrew again. How's it going, my man? It's going well, man. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting to uh, some of this content that we have for you. Uh, you know, luckily, uh, today we're able to get together and start the podcast. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do it last week, but here we are. Yeah, no, sorry, guys, for uh, not getting one out last week. You know, life happens occasionally, so, uh, but we're excited to get this one going. So, Let's start this off with some league news. Uh, I know we all want to talk about it. We want to talk about it. <laughs> he wouldn't stop talking about it, but the War Machines have not won a game yet. Uh, they're 0-3. Uh, love to see it. Love to see it. 0-3 War Machines. Um, so a couple things with the War Machines uh, that I just wanted to bring up just to kind of elaborate on why they're 0-3. Uh, so right now we've got Robert Woods as the wide receiver 46. He only has 11 catches on the year. Um, and then he's got a couple of other guys that haven't helped him in the past couple weeks. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, and David Montgomery all have not helped in weeks two and three. Josh Jacobs being injured, and Amari Cooper and David Montgomery have just underwhelmed. Uh, how's your feelings about the War Machines for the first three weeks, my man? Well, <clears throat> unfortunately uh, for me, the War Machines are making myself look like a fool. I called the War Machines a dominant team, and they've been anything but. Right? They've been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not something I'm, I'm I'm proud of, but the War Machines, I don't know what to do. Um, you, when you're a competing team, you just can't lose to the gimme weeks, and a gimme week is essentially just a win or a matchup, excuse me, that is just essentially free or should be on paper. And unfortunately, he lost that week two matchup against uh, Prestige Worldwide. Yeah, it sucks, man. I mean, it sucks for him and no team wants to start off zero and three, especially a team that knows he has the the roster to compete. Brian, uh, Brian Edwards, you know, having this ha scoring the same amount of points as Robert Woods. Personally, I think it's just unacceptable. I don't know what's going on in Los Angeles with the Rams, but it seems like uh, Matthew Stafford only has eyes for Cooper Cup. And if it's not Cooper Cup, it's bust. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, I mean, everyone knows I don't like Josh Jacobs. And I think he's like my running back 17. Uh, personally, I think anyone that had Josh Jacobs probably should have sold that, uh, you know, that week, uh, excuse me, that year two breakout. But hopefully he comes back healthy and helps out uh, on the ground because he, de he desperately needs it. Because I don't see Robert Woods turning it around. Uh, unless the target shares, you know, on the team kind of the roles, excuse me, change as well. So, yeah. And I mean, Calvin Ridley's kind of underwhelmed this season too. Uh, he's got the wide receiver one Ridley uh, tag on uh, war machines team over there, but he hasn't been anything but that he's actually a wide receiver three on the season. Not great. Ooh, is he really? Yeah, I think wide he's, receiver uh, three. He's a, he's a wide receiver three. I think he's wide receiver twenty five. Wide receiver twenty five. Wow. this season. Not great. What kind of names do we have around uh, Calvin Ridley? Uh, it looks like we have Corey Davis right behind him with thirty two point six. Corey Davis. <laughs> Corey Davis, bro. I mean, <laughs> the guy that blew up that week one. I think he had like twenty four points. And then it really hasn't done shit since. So. Oh no, that's Hunter Renfro, bro. Oh no, Hunter <laughs> Renfro has more points, man. What is Ooh, happening? Talk about a collapse. Hey, it's oh. 
God. We'll talk. We might talk about it a little bit later, but I I think the grass is greener on the other side for Calvin Ridley, but it's it's oh, not look good so far. Yeah, it better be. All right, let's move on to something a little a little uh, brighter. Let's go on to the Richmond Raiders. So they've been good, man. They've uh, they've exceeded my expectations. Not that I had low expectations for them, but I wasn't expecting what they have done. So uh, they had the highest scores last week with 170, and all, their worst game this season has only been 147, which is really, really high for a low game. Uh, Derrick Henry is still amazing. He's the RB1 on the season, and both his starting quarterbacks have been, I mean, great is the only way you can put it. Uh, Derek Carr has been awesome this season. QB nine on the season. Matthew Stafford and that Rams offense looks absolutely incredible. The Rams look incredible. He's QB four on the season. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders. What do you think? Well, I think the biggest surprise on the Raiders and uh, most fantasy analysts would agree with me on this one is Mike Williams. We didn't see this. Uh, what year is it for Mike Williams? I think it's year five. Yeah, I think this is year five right now. I don't think anyone saw this year five, just absolute dominant breakout, uh, you know, coming to fruition. There's been a lot of Mike Williams truthers over the years, uh, the past five, and I can't believe they're correct right now, at least in the, in, you know, the first three weeks. We'll see, we'll see how everything pans out, but I mean, he's got to be ecstatic having, I think the WR2 on the season with uh, Mike Williams is, and Jamar Chase, obviously Jamar Chase has very dominant player, like we expected him to be. There is regression coming. I think he has four touchdowns and 11 catches. I mean, come on. There's, there's got to be regression coming there. It's like 36%. You're catching a TD on 36% of your passes. Yeah, that's um, cool. Or something ridiculous. And um, Chris Godwin's Chris Godwin. He, he's been very dominant. The, the problem is that you have these teams that have these wide receivers, like Alan, like Allen Robinson or Calvin Ridley, that you project to be in the top 12, but the top 12 is very strange. I mean, you have Brandon Cooks in the top 12. You have Debo Samuel in the top 12. No one expected Debo Samuel to be in the top 12. I mean, even a truther like yourself. I'm pretty sure you really like Debo Samuel. Oh, I do like Debo. No one, uh, Marquise Brown, I think, uh, scratches the top 12 with the 12th spot. So some of these stud wide receivers are just not cracking the top 12. So it's week three, so no reason to panic just yet, but... Uh, it's just some concern there. Yeah. No, I Raiders rest of the season. They, they could be good, man. They, they scare me a little bit. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about them in uh, some matchups later on, but let's get on to the power rankings updates. We'll keep this a little brief. There wasn't a ton of movement, but there's potential for a ton of mu- movement in the future. So just going down the list, we got the Cleveland steamboats at one Denver sea dogs at two Reno Royals at three Chicago Southsiders at four. The Richmond Raiders making the jump up to number five. The Juicers going up to number six. The real big mover here is the War Machines down to seven because they're 0-3. And honestly, <laughs> they're they're sniffing eight. They are sniffing eight. Uh, the, we got the Baltimore Bombers at eight, though, still. Uh, the Aussies at nine. Air Rats at 10. World, Prestige Worldwide at 11. And the Curb Stompers don't seem to be moving off of 12 with their 90.3 points per game. Not not ideal for them. But so the the big things to talk about here is just the war machines are falling. Raiders and the juicers are rising. Um, what do you think about those three teams? As much as I know, it, it pained you to put the war machines at seven and the juicers above him, especially especially since the juicers have been uh, only oh God. The points per game is actually really close, unfortunately, just because of that week um, week two. I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, the really bad one for war machines. Yeah, the really, really bad one. But. 
I think the War Machines are... Ah, personally, I think I would have still kept the War Machines at 6 and the Juicers at 7 uh, just because of the, the power that the War Machines roster still has, even if some of those players are you know, underperforming. But the Raiders 100% deserve the fifth spot. They look, they look scary, and anyone that's been in this league since the beginning, or at least like 2018-ish, they know that Derrick Henry single-handedly has caused teams to lose in the playoffs or caused that, you know, that manager that, that's rostering him to win in the playoffs. So whenever I'm playing against Derrick Henry, it, it almost like triggers me because I've seen Derrick Henry just ruin lives, just crush streams. Just absolutely make people cry, you know, hitting me in the DMs, crying like, oh, I cannot believe I lost because of Derrick Henry because he scores 50 points or something ridiculous, right? Yeah, So not even outlandish for him to do that either. I think that as long as he has Derrick Henry rostered, he can win any given Sunday. So. Yeah, he, depending upon what happens this upcoming week, there's some there's some pivotal games this week. Uh, he could go all the way up to three. I mean, it's, it's possible. I, I'm saying he, but I really should be saying they since it's the two of them, but... No, War Mach- or the Raiders looking good. War Machines, not so much. All right. Yeah, you got, you oh, got yeah, a go two-headed ahead. monster over there. And uh, I know that uh, Will, I think it's Will and Sean, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong here, they both are super excited for their team and how quick they were able to turn things around and have some fun. You know, I mean, it's everyone knows that Dynasty is a little bit more enjoyable when you have you know skin in the game and you are looking to try and compete a little bit. You know, rebuilding is obviously a necessity, but... Uh, it's more fun when you compete. So, Oh, always. Yeah, and their team looks good. All right, let's move on to some NFL news. So uh, we got two little sections here. Um, firstly, I want to talk about some rookie quarterback struggles. Uh, we're going to go name by name, talk about them just a little bit, just, just a hair, uh, not go too in-depth. But let's start with Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, Wonder Boy himself, the next coming of Andrew Luck, has not looked great. 669 yards, five touchdowns, seven interceptions with a league low 54 completion completion percentage on the year. Uh, any thoughts on Trevor Lawrence uh, moving forward and how he's played so far? With Trevor Lawrence, I, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he is a great player. And when I, I've been watching these games and sometimes he makes throws and you're just like, wow. Holy cow. That's, that's a big time throw. That's a number one overall pick throw right there. I mean, that is just, that's big time money, but then, you know, he'll turn around and throw just an absolute stinker. And you're like, what the, what are you, what are you thinking in that situation? Why are you throwing it there? And then, you know, then you have to realize that these are young men, even if they played at a high level in college, they're still young men and they're playing against, uh, you know, the best of the best in the NFL, even, even the team, even like the Jets, for example, still have its super talented players, right? And you're, you're not competing against bums. I mean, no NFL team has true bums. I mean, they might be bums compared to other talent, you know, on other rosters, for example, but these are still big time players and they're playing really hard every single week for the most part. So I'm not super worried about the turnovers. Um, I think that he's, he definitely shows a lot of humility as a player in some of his interviews. He's constantly like, you know, I'm just looking to improve. And every single day, you know, is a learning experience. I'm, th- I'm starting to feel more comfortable. And I think that's what you look for in a young rookie quarterback. Uh, you don't want like the Cam Newton kind of, you know, with the head, 
the head down and the towel and just like completely blocking out everything, you know, he's still trying to be the leader and you know, that they, that they need. So urban Meyer just needs to, his offense looks awful. It's it just, just uh, very disorganized, no real direction. Um, you know, they have yeah. some playmakers on that team. I think that's their strength, but you know, it, lines bad too. Lines bad. Too. <laughs> lines awful. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what's going on with the running back situation. I mean, he uh, James Robinson played well this week, uh, but it was very clear that Urban Meyer did not want James Robinson to be uh, a key part of that offense. So, now nah, they're missing Travis Etienne. That's for sure. Uh, Move on to the next next guy here. We got Zach Wilson, 628 yards, two touchdowns, seven interceptions, and also a not great 55% completion percentage. Uh, one caveat to Zach Wilson, or actually I, two caveats to Zach Wilson here that I'm just going to bring up real quick. The offensive line is putrid, absolutely terrible. The dude's running for his life every single pass play. It's it's hard to watch, honestly. He's meant, He's made some great throws on the run, great throws out of structure. But he has 13 dropped passes, according to Player Profiler. Uh, that's the most in the NFL. 13. If you watch the last two games, it's been real bad in the past two. Even guys like Corey Davis are dropping a lot of passes. But uh, you worried about Zach Wilson? Uh, how do you think he's going to be going forward? I'm not worried. Um, I, I'm pretty. I'm really pressing the the pause button on a lot of these rookie quarterbacks. Uh, it really frustrates me when people are doing victory laps on Twitter, Dynasty Twitter. I'm not sure if any you know. The viewers are part of Dynasty Twitter, but it's a shit show. You have people doing victory laps over the stupidest things. You know, uh, people trying to say Kadarius Tony was the WR1 and he's still developing. The most ridiculous shit you could possibly think of is on Dynasty Twitter. Uh, but I'm not moving any of these quarterbacks at all. Not They're not moving up and they're not moving down. They're just staying put and I'm, I'm kind of waiting to adjust them. Zach Wilson needs help. I really like Corey Davis still, even if it hasn't come to fruition. But I don't really know what that. I really don't know what that team's going to do about that offensive line until that until Zach Wilson has more time than just you know. All of a sudden, uh, the play starts and the center isn't blocking anyone. <laughs> People are just rushing up the middle, and, and then he throws an interception because oh, he obviously terrible. feels so. He feels he know he knows the pressure's coming. He sees the guy running right at him, so he doesn't want to get obliterated. Uh, even if you know uh, the refs protect the quarterbacks more now than ever, I, I know that he doesn't want to have a giant ass, you know, two hundred and sixty pound guy laying on him, and you know, because he's not really built for that. He's not built for that type of uh, that type of punishment. So, but the drops need to be need to be uh, fixed. Elijah Moore. I'm not sure how Elijah Moore is doing. I really haven't checked in. With Elijah Moore, maybe you can help me out there uh, uh, if he's, he's done he's anything. Right. But he's been all right. He's been target. I know he has a ton of air yards. Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of uh, base stats, but ton of air yards. He's he's been fine. It's just the Jets' offense as a whole is is just not good. I just don't know what. I think it's going to take another another draft class to really kind of fix any of their woes. I think it's just going to be a shit show all season. So oh, agreed. Uh, we'll go through these next two guys pretty quick here because uh, one of them I don't think has a ton of upside and the other one just had a rough first game. So we got Mac Jones with 737 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, super high completion percentage. Uh, not much of a rusher. doesn't look like he has a ton of upside, uh, at least fantasy-wise. Could be a good NFL quarterback. We'll just wait and see there. Uh, the really bad one was Justin Fields in his starting debut. Sacked nine times, six for 20 for 68 yards. Uh, Really, all I have to say about that one is get Matt Nagy out of Chicago. 
get Justin Fields a competent play caller. Matt Nagy was terrible, absolutely terrible in that game. Uh, so was the Bears' offensive line. Uh, Justin Fields didn't do him any favors. He didn't win him anything. But uh, any quick thoughts on Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Yeah, actually, um, I really like Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones uh, is kind of showing what we thought he was. He's uh, he's very efficient. He's not a super risk taker. He takes care of the football. And I think he's going to be a great, well, maybe not a great NFL quarterback, but at least a, I personally believe above average NFL quarterback. And I think that the Patriots are in good hands with Mac Jones at the helm. He's a solid QB two in fantasy going forward. He doesn't have the upside of really any of the other guys in the class, in my opinion, except maybe, maybe you can make an argument for Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson doesn't have that that rushing he has that rushing upside but you could possibly kind of make that argument where with justin fields trevor lawrence and trey lance uh, they're they're pretty mobile and especially uh trevor lawrence he, he's pretty mobile for a tall lanky goofing looking dude so but justin fields putrid i mean the browns off i mean excuse me the bears offense looked awful the browns defense was just just destroying them all game four and a half sacks. I think just for miles Garrett himself, miles Garrett is a beast. Just a, just a, just a baller. I mean, he's just a gamer. He just, he's great. Uh, I'm absolutely in love with, with him and his, uh, his production on the field. But, uh, I think they, what was the statistic? It was some nutty statistic. It was, um, I think they had more yardage on like pass interference calls than total offensive yards. Oh my god. In the I game. Didn't hear that. That's insane. Yeah, I think there was like a 48-yard penalty which was more <laughs> yardage than the Bears managed the entire game in offense or something. God. Like what what is that? Like <laughs> how bad is it? what do you like if you're Matt Nagy and you're you're hitting the drawing board and you're trying to figure out what's wrong because at that point or at this point, excuse me, you have to know or you're not you know you're you're aware that you are coaching for your job in this position, what do you do? Do you roll out Andy Dalton again? If he's healthy, do you, you know, say, Hey, maybe Justin Fields wasn't ready for this kind of situation, or do you just roll out Justin Fields and see what you can do? Well, I can tell you after week four, when they lose to the lions, he's just going to be looking for a new job. So, uh, but let's move on to some players that we are actually playing better than expected. Move on from these, uh, rough rookie quarterback starts. So, uh, Here's a couple of quarterbacks that are playing better than I know that I expected and probably most expected. Uh, Sam Darnold, 880 yard, 888 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. This part's wild to me. Three rushing touchdowns through the first three weeks, which that's a lot for Sam Darnold. Uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater, 827 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, the only caveat to him is that he played the Giants, Jags, and Jets. Not exactly the toughest schedule. Uh what do you like? Do you like these two guys going forward? Do you think they're going to be good dynasty assets going forward? I do actually. Yeah, I, I really like Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold was a great buy low for anyone that was able to buy him prior to the season. I think that, you know, Sam Darnold, most people were kind of writing him off, even with, even with the move to the Panthers. I they were just like, eh, Sam Darnold's <laughs> just nothing. Like you could you could probably buy him for like a second. I mean, I, I, I see trades, I've seen trades, excuse me, go through where like Sam Darnold could trade it for a second and a third. And if you have a chance of getting a starting quarterback for a second and a third, you take it every single day. Uh, especially one that's in a good offense with, uh, with good players around him. Because we all knew the Panthers had good players. 
the defense looks great. You have obviously, you still have DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. Unfortunately, he is hurt, uh, but hopefully he you know returns in two to three weeks. I um I just want to kind of bring attention to that trade. Oh my god, I'm so happy I made that trade to get Chuba Hubbard. Oh, that oh, I just I don't know what I don't really know what sparked that for me. I, I was talking to him via DMs a little bit, but I think I had like a dream where I was just like you know like Vietnam flashback type of shit where I was it's more of a nightmare I guess where I was just like I I can't go an, another full season without having you know, at the backup for, for Christian McCaffrey. Cause I know if he ever got hurt, obviously that system would still provide a lot of production for really any running back. Uh, Mike Davis, Shuba Hubbard doesn't matter. So, um, but Teddy Bridgewater's, he is who we, who we know he is. You know, he just, he's a very efficient quarterback. Doesn't take a lot of risks. Um, it doesn't, you know, takes care of the football or he's supposed to be kind of that, that careful kind of quarterback. He's been playing really well, though. So I think the Broncos are a playoff team, in my opinion. Yeah, they could be. The whole AFC West looks good, honestly. The Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers all look great. Um, let's move on to some wide receivers. So uh, first one we kind of already talked about, so we'll just briefly just kind of glaze over his stats. Uh, we got Mike Williams. We, we talked about him earlier, 22 catches, 295 yards, four touchdowns so far on the season. I mean, just an unreal season. Uh, Debo Samuel, I know you don't want to bring this one up, but uh, 20 catches, 334 yards, and a touchdown. Second in the NFL in receiving yards. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. And then Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. 27 catches, 367 yards, five touchdowns through three weeks. Absolutely insane. You have to imagine there's going to be some regression for Cooper Cup. Uh, Debo Samuel might slow down with Brandon Ayuk getting worked back in. We'll see. Uh, we kind of talked about Mike Williams, but what do you think about Cooper Cup and Debo? Uh, Cooper Cup is lights out. I mean, he's he's just balling beyond belief. If you watch the game, he's just he's always in the right spot at the right time. He's always open. Matt Stafford's always looking his way. Uh, I'm pretty sure that um, the Aussies. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Don't they? Don't they have the Cooper Cup share? Uh, actually, I think it's Prestige Worldwide. Let me. Is it Prestige? Up. Okay, yeah. maybe it is. Uh, either way, all oh, I no, know it's is the Aussies. that you're right. You're right. It's the Aussies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, any contender right now that isn't just uh, throwing trade offers or t at least negotiating something or trying to negotiate something with the Aussies is doing themselves a disservice. They just they aren't trying to win because. If you're a contender right now, there's some really good teams, and you cannot afford to have weak links, you know, in your in your starting roster, and myself included. I mean, I have I have a few weak links as well. So, you know, I think I think everyone should be trying to at least acquire Cooper Cup, especially from someone that ha has no business, you know, really just competing. So why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you take advantage of uh, a player like that and sell him? So with uh, I mean Debo. I, <sighs> If there's no, there's no like kind of hiding from this. Brandon Ayuk's my guy, and I think Debo is a good player. And I was going into the season, I was kind of curious to see. Well, first off, I didn't expect Brandon Ayuk to not be played week one, basically, you know, at all, and be slowly worked into the offense. But I was really curious to see what Brent, uh, Debo's a dot was going to be because I didn't expect a role change from from uh, Debo Samuel. I expected him to be more so in that lower a dot, like like two and a half. I think he had in last season, but he also was hurt. So you know, it was it's hard for me to predict that. But Brandon Ayuk, in my opinion, 
just based off the metrics and what I look for in a wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk has alpha wide receiver written all over him. And I still, I'm still standing firm that Brandon Ayuk will eventually, you know, break through and kind of, uh, come into this offense as the alpha wide receiver. You know, maybe Kittle is still theoretically the alpha in terms of targets. You know, we'll see going forward. He had a great week last week against Green Bay, but tight ends have roasted Green Bay all year so far. So we'll see, uh, you know, if that trend continues. Yeah, I like Ayuk going forward. He he looked better this or he got more sh- targets this week and got some end zone looks. So I like him going forward, too. Uh, and then we'll just briefly, briefly talk about this player so we can get onto the week three matchups. Uh, so we don't go too long on this episode here. Uh, but last guy here is just Tony Pollard, 27 carries, 183 yards and a touchdown, 6.8 yards per carry. He's also got eight catches for 65 yards. It seems like every time he's in, he's getting the ball and he looks awesome doing it. Any quick thoughts on him? I think that if you, at what, at what point do you consider starting? Uh, in your Tony Pollard and your flex. I mean, I think last week he put up like seven points, but he was extremely efficient yards per carry wise on that, on those 11 attempts that he had. So I really like Tony Pollard. The problem is that he's, I think he's a good player, but I think he's at that point where he's a fringe start even still, because you really need those touchdowns for him to, to, you know, make a, make a difference or make an impact on your roster. Right, because without those touchdowns, he's still going to be putting up probably around that six to seven to eight points. And if you don't get a touchdown, you're not going to get your, you know, 15 points or 14 points out of your flex. So, yeah, I think he's going to be flex worthy once bye weeks come around until then kind of a stash on the bench. But uh, bye weeks, I think he's definitely flex worthy. Uh, I know Chicago's happy to have his uh, the seek backup with him. All right, let's move on to the week three matchups. So. Uh, we'll first start with a game that's probably going to be a blowout. Uh, the Sea Dogs and Curb Stompers. Uh, Curb Stompers has not scored as many points as Sea Dogs' one really terrible game of 104 points. Uh, C- Curb Stompers has not reached that 104 points mark, so I just don't see that uh, upset coming this week. It's possible, but highly, highly doubt it. Any quick thoughts on that game? There's not much to say on this matchup, unfortunately. Love you, Curb, but you don't have a shot. Uh, you, there's no <laughs> chance in hell. You're not that guy. You're, you're not gonna. You're not gonna take a a dub. This isn't gonna be your first win of the season. There's just no way. I, there's just no way. I mean, I can't think of any rational reason. So. No, and like I said in the in my power rankings write up, I'm sure Curb's fine with that. He he's probably shooting for the number one overall pick, anyways. So I can't see him being too upset about losing another. Uh, another one that I don't particularly see as close, but it's still possible for an upset just due to the sheer consistency. But your team, the Steamboats versus the Aussies this week, uh, Aussies are highly consistent, man. They're scoring between 120 and 130 points per week, which isn't, uh, it's not a weak winner necessarily, but it's also not a weak loser, uh, with a poor week out of anybody he, he could win. I mean, he's, he does not have a terrible team. Uh, do you think Ozzy's has a chance versus you? What's, what's the thoughts? Uh, yeah, actually, I mean, there, there is a definitely a chance there. Uh, in my opinion, the, um, it, it would take obviously some stellar performances from, from some of his players. He has Cooper cup on his roster. I mean, Kirk cousins actually surprisingly has been playing really well. Um, much as I hate Kirk cousins. He's, I think he's put up 24 points plus every week. So, and he's going against Cleveland, 
we all just saw, you know, what Cleveland did to the Bears. Obviously, the Minnesota Vikings are a much different team than the putrid Bears. But I would say there's a very low percentage chance, maybe like a 10% chance I lose this matchup. But there's still a chance. I, I do have some tough matchups on my end. And some of my players haven't been as consistent as I uh, was hoping they were going to be. So, you know, no Christian McCaffrey as well. So we'll see how Chuba Hubbard does against Dallas when that Dallas defense looks rangy. They look fast. They look aggressive. I mean, they, they're really rushing. So we'll see how Chuba Hubbard, you know, does for me in that week. One thing I like about this matchup is there's a bunch of players in that Cardinals versus Rams game, and that game is going to be just a barn burner. 55 point over under. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. We've got you with Kyler versus the Rams, and then Aussies have got Ch- uh, uh, Edmonds and then Cooper Cup. Uh, you don't want to miss that. No, yeah, that's going to be a good one. That's 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 the game of the week, in my opinion. Oh, I mean, uh, so <laughs> fun. <laughs> if you're not watching the Cardinals in 2021, what are you doing? I mean, no, Kyler really? Murray is so much fun to watch. That offense is so electric. Uh, last week, it, it kind of sputtered just a little bit at times, but um, in in a possible shootout, you know, you could we could be, we could see like a game that was as exciting maybe as like the Rams versus the Chiefs when they. It was like insane. It was like 50 to whatever the fuck. It was, you know, the scores were insane. Correct? Oh, I mean, uh, help me out here. I don't remember the exact week or season even. But It was, uh, I think it was two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Or no. Yeah, I think it was two years ago when Mahomes was having his crazy year and Jared Goff was still playing all right. But no, that I think that one ended something like 52 to 49 or something just ridiculous like that. Yeah, the scores might not be that high, but it's going to be exciting either way. Obviously. So you don't want to miss it. Oh, absolutely. Uh I got another matchup here that I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. I don't know if it's going to be another upset. You never really know with the War Machines, but we got War Machines versus Prestige Worldwide again. They played in week two. They're playing again here in week four. Uh, he was War Machines was upset by Prestige Worldwide in week two, so you never really know here. Um, I do think War Machines will take this matchup, though. Uh, I do like a couple of their, uh, their of, a, of his players, actually, this week. So we got David Montgomery versus the Lions. Uh who've been given up some points uh, to the running backs. They did in week one and two. Uh, they didn't in week three versus the Ravens, but the, none of the Ravens running backs are really doing anything uh, with all the injuries. But uh, And then Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to have a huge bounce back game against the Washington football team. Washington coming into the season looked like they were going to have an awesome defense, but they just they've honestly been, they've been terrible uh, so far. They're 31st versus fantasy wide receivers. Uh, I think Calvin Ridley can have a get right game. I, I really think that War Machines is going to get right here just with Calvin Ridley and get back to uh, winning some games and go up to one and three. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm putting pause on calling the War Machines dominant. They are no longer <laughs> dominant in my eyes until proven, you know, uh, different. They are now just a talented roster. That's ah, it. You're okay. just you're not even dominant anymore. You're just talented. And he does have some playmakers. I can't see Prestige Worldwide walking away with the win. Um, can we just talk about for one second, Robert or what's it, what's his name? A Tunyon? Is it Robert Tunyon? Yep, Robert Tunyon. Bobby Tunyon. Where is he, bro? Ah. Is he on the field? Is he playing the game? I, I don't know what's going on over there. He was he had like ten touchdowns last season. Hasn't done really anything this no. season. He hasn't. And you can't, I mean, with tight, even with tight end premium now, he's not scoring like anything. That's why he, I'm assuming that's why he was so excited for Robert Tunyon going into the season because he saw the 10 
tutties. You know, he's like, oh, you know, that's that's 80 points right there. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, 10 touchdowns is 80 points in, in our league. So kind of sucks for for him. I really hope that Robert Tunyon can get right. But in terms of a get right game, this is a get right game for Kyle Pitts. This is it. The, the, this is the week. This is the tight end one overall week. Not even just like tight end your top 12. No, no. Overall tight end one Kyle Pitts. Let's see it. Ooh, let's make it happen. There we let's go. speak that into existence, Matt Ryan. Come on. All right. Well, let's move on to the next game here. So uh, these are going to be some closer matchups. Uh, firstly, we're going to go with my team, the Reno Royals versus the Jacksonville Juicers. Uh, coming into this week, I got A.J. Brown going down with a hamstring injury. Doubt he's going to play. Even if he does play, it, you're not going to get much. Hamstring injuries suck, man, in the NFL. They're lingering. Not great. Uh, but really with my team, the tight ends are kind of carrying me right now. Uh, I've got Travis Kelsey's dominating per usual. Mark Andrews is having a good year. And then DeAndre Swift. Oh, boy. My boy. I love DeAndre Swift. Uh, <laughs> he, he's been awesome. He's about to run all over the Bears. Super excited for that. Um, but the Juicers have some good matchups this week, too. They got Antonio Gibson against Atlanta, who we just talked about their offense uh, getting, having a get-right game. Uh, their defense will not. Their defense is terrible. Uh, I think Antonio Gibson will have a great one. Um, but he does need some co- tight end contribution. I was just talking about how my tight ends are kind of pushing me forward. His tight ends, uh, I mean, Gronk is doing great. Don't get me wrong. He had a bad week three. But outside of that, Austin Hooper had a touchdown last week, and that's about it. But he's going to need some tight end co- contribution uh, against my big name tight ends to be able to beat me uh i it's gonna be a close game though we'll see uh i like my chances in this one what do you think i uh, as much as i want to root for the juicers because i like a little bit of controversy i like going against the grain a little bit especially with uh you know good friends in the league i i just i can't i can't take a you know like a i can't give uh, the, the the juicers the nod and kind of bet on them unfortunately the um miles sanders like the ran he had two attempts last week what yeah jeez i mean what what is that he has two attempts well, I, I don't i don't get that uh looks like julio jones i think is i think aj brown and julio jones are both missing practice if i'm not wrong julio jones so, too oh man i yeah i'm now reading that as well wow i did not see that that's not good for the juicers and uh, I know you spoke about the tight ends, and you know, Gronk was, uh, pfft, man, he was on fire. He was lighting it up the first two weeks. But is he still alive after that hit? I mean, Dude. you saw that hit, right? I, I saw a clip of it, yeah. Yeah, that man got laid the fuck out. Like, I, I he's, he was probably seeing, like, stars after that hit. He was, he's done. And that, <laughs> holy cow. Uh, but I don't think he's going to play, personally. I, I, there's been a lot of uh, kind of rumblings about him really not being 100% after after that hit. So it's going to take a miracle. Personally, I think it's going to take a miracle for the Juicers to win, especially if Zach Wilson is starting, which I believe he is because he has Tua, Zach Wilson, and Tom Brady. So that means that he almost has to start Zach Wilson. And it is against Tennessee. Tennessee is definitely a beatable defense, but... The Jets are putrid too, just like the Bears. So I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm gonna have to give it to you, DeAndre Swift. Like his, your Wonder Boy. Yeah, man. He, he's like he's going crazy right now, I love bro. I'm that man. Oh, he's my favorite. He's my favorite. Uh, yeah, I know. And I, I tried to, detra- <laughs> I tried to trade for DeAndre Swift. 
uh, everywhere. I mean, with you, you, it was impossible. Everyone else, it was also impossible. Mostly because the other people are just unresponsive. You know, they're just like <laughs> AFK. They're, they're in so many leagues. You know, they're probably in like 16, 17 leagues. And they're just, they're scrolling through so many damn leagues. They can't even find the league that I'm trying to contact them in. You know, I mean, when you, in hit, when you hit up a manager, right? In Dynasty Fantasy Football, and you say, "Hey, bro, you know, I'm I'm interested in uh, X player. Let's say Mike Williams. You know, what kind of holes you're looking to fill in your team?" And he says, and he the only thing he responds with is, "Which league are you in again?" At that <laughs> point, you know that you're that guy's just in way too many fucking leagues. Like he he Can't doesn't care attention. about like half the leagues he's in. He probably only checks like three or four, which are like his home league and maybe like his work league, and the rest of the leagues are just left to the fucking wolves. So. Yeah, I I hate that, man. It's uh, there's a cap to leagues. There should be a cap to the number of leagues. So that way you can at least pay attention to them. Yeah, I agree personally. Uh, all right, we got two more matchups to get through here, real quick. We'll try to get through them a little quick so we can uh, not make this too long. Um, so the next matchup here is the Bombers versus the Air Rats, which honestly I kind of like this matchup. I think it's kind of fun. Uh, they're maybe not super upper echelon competing teams, but it's going to be a competitive game between one another. Uh, so the Air Rats have got a good matchup with Russ this week. Uh, they've actually gotten some contribution out of some uh, players that we weren't expecting a ton of contribution from with AJ Green, Emmanuel Sanders, and Dalton Schultz all having good weeks. Uh, I, obviously, Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones are going to do their thing. Uh, we'll see how much longer they're on the Air Rats, as I imagine he's probably trying to deal them as much as he can. Uh, the Bombers will... I don't like his matchups as much. Uh, we've got a really bad matchup for Daniel Jones versus the saints. I don't love the Mac Jones versus the Buccaneers matchup either. Um, and then honestly, Michael Pittman versus the versus the Miami dolphins. Not great either. Uh, the dolphins corners are absolutely lights out. Xavier Howard, except for when Hunter Renfro's on Xavier Howard, he's burning him. But uh, no, I will, we'll see with Pittman, but I'm going to go with the air rats in this one, just due to some favorable matchups. Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think it's going to be close, and I think you're I think you're spot on with some of these matchups. I um, I don't know what to do with Najee Harris. I don't know how he's going to look with uh, going against Green Bay. Apparently, Green Bay has been pretty good against the run. Well, if you put, but I guess it doesn't. If you get Najee 19 targets again, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> exactly, that's what I was about to say. If you treat him like a receiver and just you know 19 dump offs the entire you know in the entire game, you're you're good to go. So it doesn't matter if you. Uh, the rushing attempts, as long as he gets the receiving work. But I think it's a good, I think they're both kind of just interesting teams to look at, and I don't see I don't see any kind of game breakers here besides Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara can go nuts against the Giants. So yeah, no, I agree. All right, let's get into this last one here. This is our matchup of the week. Uh, I mean, it has to be the matchup of the week, right? It's the Chicago Southsiders versus the Richmond Raiders. This is the one game. I, there's a couple others that I that I like to do this, but this is the one game that could really shake up the power rankings going into next week. If the Raiders are ever able to pull off a victory versus Chicago Southsiders, they have the potential to go up to three or two if somehow the Sea Dogs were able to get upset by curb stoppers. But all the way up to three is a possibility. 
Um, for this game, I'm really looking at the Rogers Adams stack versus the Steelers. The Steelers defense is good. We'll TJ Watt looks like he might play. He's still not a hundred percent. So the pass rush isn't going to be, I mean, even if he's in there, he's not going to be a hundred percent, but the Steelers defense as a whole hasn't been as good as we were expecting. Uh, so that stack could be huge. And then for the Raiders side, I mean, we talked about Derrick Henry earlier in this episode, but he's playing the jets this week. Uh, might have no AJ Brown and no Julio Jones. It's just going to be Derrick Henry against the Jets. And I wouldn't be shocked for a four touchdown game versus the Jets with Derrick Henry. So uh, I'm going to go with the Southsiders in this one. Uh, reason being is the tight ends. Uh, Southsiders has Darren Waller and Mike Kosicki, who had 12 targets last week, which was huge comeback for how he was playing earlier on in the season. But the Raiders tight ends just haven't had the scoring output that we would like from them with Jared Cook and Hunter Henry. Uh, I don't really like Hunter Henry versus the Buccaneers. Jared Cook versus the Raiders could do something just because it'll be a high scoring game. But uh, I'm going to go with the Southsiders in this one. If the Raiders prove me wrong, though, I will put it on paper. They are going up in the power rankings if they beat the Southsiders. What do you think about this matchup? I, I fully believe in the Chicago Southsiders to win this game. And I really like a lot of their players. I like some of their matchups. I I think that Tyler Lockett, if if he plays, because I know he's dealing with that little tiny hip issue, um, he sh- he should have a bounce back game. I think he only scored five fantasy points because I think he had like four catches, but I don't think he had many yards. And obviously no TD, which is kind of defines Tyler Lockett's uh, kind of career as a fantasy asset. But uh, Trey Sermon. Man, we we talked about this earlier. I, it's very puzzling to me to see Trey Sermon uh, as the starting in a starting running back position. I don't. When I watched that game, it looked to me, you know, Trey Sermon did not look good uh, running behind the San Francisco 49ers offensive line. Kyle Shanahan didn't look like the he really wanted to even have him involved that much. He just had no choice. Uh, that the running back room was destroyed. I think you had like three or four running backs hurt. And I think Trey Sermon was like one of the very few uh, running back running backs actually left besides Kyle Juszczyk. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's Kyle Juszczyk, right? Oh yeah, Kyle Juszczyk. Okay. He had a good week. He had a <laughs> I really good if week. If anyone started him, <laughs> I, I I strongly doubt it. Maybe in like fifth, like sixteen team leagues, I don't you'd have that, that random guy <laughs> in a six in a sixteen teamer. But uh, you're really banking on a touchdown for Jared Cook to really give you any production. Hunter Henry uh, in Tampa, against Tampa Bay with Mac Jones. I don't see anything happening there. So the the only thing that can win this matchup for the Richmond Raiders is Derrick Henry. Like you said, that's he's the dream crusher, uh, just single-handedly. So Yeah, if he, if he can score a 50-point week and get a little bit of production from the wide receivers, I can definitely see it. I don't think it's outlandish to think he wins at all. I mean, it's a really close matchup, but I just see the Southsiders taking it in this one. All right, we'll we'll wrap it up with that, guys. Uh, a little longer episode today. We missed last week, so I think we'll we're, we're going to go over inevitably on this one. Just we're excited to get back on the mic and talk to you guys. So, uh, uh, any last words, Andrew? Nope, uh, nothing besides. Uh, I appreciate all of you tuning in, and I'm I'm really hoping that this we can stay consistent and give you content every single week. Unfortunately, last week, you know, we we kind of had life get in the way, but. Uh, hopefully we have an, another like exclusive episode coming for you guys actually with the uh, Chicago Southsiders 
uh, we would like to get him in here and give you an exclusive interview with the defending champion, see where that goes. So look hey, forward to it. Little tidbit for the future. Yep. That, that will be happening soon. So just, uh, just look forward to that. We're, we'll, we hope to get some of you guys on here too, as well, but, uh, we'll talk about it for the future. So, all right. Uh, that's, uh, that's the episode of the third episode of the dynasty optimist. So peace out guys.